Hey guys, so today you and I are going to talk about good ideas. So let's get into it. So the question in question was, hi Frederick, I found that another, oh, the, this was posted on a video I made which is called, what prevents a software engineer from becoming a tech lead? And the question was, uh, another real problem that I, is that good ideas often can't be implemented because there are, la uh, there are structural problems in the company that results in perverse incentives and even punishment for doing the right thing. I think you would have to be very respected in and influential to be able to overcome such internal politics. What do you think, Frederick? So basically in that video I explain that the difference usually, be, uh, the thing that blocks people from becoming a tech lead uh, as software engineer, if you're a software developer and you want to become a tech lead, uh, and even an architect, uh, it's a little bit different, but it's the same, well, same uh, plumbing to do it, is to, one part to have the social skills to do it and the holistic business mindset and all of that good stuff, but also to have good ideas and actual concrete thing that's, that can be done in order to improve the work situation at whatever company. And the, the what the person here is describing is very, very true. Uh, it's actually the main reason why complacency sets in. Uh, but it's also the thing that I believe is the difference between uh, it's, this is the thing that most people do not understand and which I honestly in it's the reason why I think MVP is so hard for a lot of people to follow because uh, although as this person is describing a lot of the issues related to legacy and systematic problems and so forth they are related to the fact that this code is in a state, in, it's in a current state that you don't control. It's one of the main reasons actually why I think it's hilarious when people, it's not that much anymore, but I think I got a lot of breathing room when I disabled all comments on all old like beginner level videos because now I just can breathe instead of having to reply to people who say oh Frederick but don't you know that you can use library A, B and C or don't you know that you just do this and then use service that, uh, that service etc etc um, and the reason why that is so tiresome for, for at least for me is uh, to listen to is because of this exact thing because if you have a greenfield project yes you can start from scratch you can do whatever the hell you want but as this uh, person is describing that's usually not the case when you do serious software development usually you have a lot of decisions that have been made beforehand same thing like uh, my favorite one is CSS if you have a bad developer write CSS with a lot of specificity and nesting and all this other good stuff, if they don't really know what they're doing, it's actually practically impossible for you, as someone who comes along later, to implement certain things in on the page. Because decisions have been made on your behalf that makes it practically impossible to scale the thing. And here is, as this person is describing, here is the problem. If you try to fix it, if you try to do the right thing, uh, you are in a pickle. You're in a real pickle. 
because you might not be able to do the real thing or the the right thing. You might have to do these weird workarounds and hacks and so forth. And as they're describing, uh, you might actually be punished for that. Uh, you can be, and this is the thing that I believe is the maturity that a real senior software developer has to get if you want to be effective uh, in the role of, say, a tech lead or something like that. You have to be okay with doing the right thing and having people think that you're dumb until they ask why are things taking so long and then tell them the truth. And what I usually tell the junior software developers who reach out about insecurities and so forth is that the reason why you're very incentivized to give false expectations and like embellish how fast you can do things and uh, overpromise and stuff like that it is because you're afraid of what the stakeholders gonna say you're afraid that they're gonna judge you you're afraid that you're gonna get fired you're afraid of all of these things but the reality is that your your the other choice is to basically do bad work and when uh, in the beginning of things I usually say that as I make you know, I did the same thing when I was a junior uh, you overpromise. you try to hack things together because you, that anxiety is there. The, uh, the only thing I can say, which is I think very nice, is that when you get a little bit more mature and you actually get to feel comfortable in your skills, you can actually meet expectations while doing the key thing that as to why I don't think MVP works. And that is to take a step in the right direction. Well, you see, this thing that you're describing, I actually had, I was in an architect's meeting a few days ago uh, and basically we had like the business side of the company came to me and a few of the other architects uh, working and even the head of the department and stuff like that. And they basically explained to me that they wanted to create an automated solution for a specific part of the system and uh, it's a fairly complicated feature. It's not impossible to do but it's a very dangerous feature as well because it's related to money and discounts and things like that and so I asked if, why is it that we need to automate this because although I understand the value of automation we should be aware of the, the, the maintenance in terms of man hours to maintain such a complicated solution and especially when it's high risk like this because any mistakes in the algorithm can you know amount to massive losses for the company because if it's if there's a bug in something that is going to set the price automatically for somebody as you can imagine that's actually very dangerous so it's actually a feature where it makes a lot of sense to have a human review and approve the thing before it actually sets the discount and so the PO kind of avoids it a little bit tries to say well uh, well yeah it's probably not so much about man hours it's more about stability and I go what do you mean stability well we have this other system that is really really unperformant and I suppose what we want is to reduce our dependency on that system so I and so I ask uh, but it seems to me that what we're trying to do now is to use this feature to bridge the fact that we have a bad system over there surely it's much better for us to not 
add even more complexity on top of this and kind of patch the underlying problem because the underlying problem is this you know, unperformance system uh, and we should probably address the source of the, like the root of the problem and then the and then because I knew that this was gonna happen uh, the truth comes out and she says um, yeah but we sort of learned that it's unfeasible time-wise to do that and so I say but so what you're saying is that we we're in such a rush to fix this thing that we're open to degrading the rest of the system in order to not have to deal with this surely it's better for us to just reallocate the resources that we would have put in building this feature to fix the underlying problem and then now the head of the department steps in and says but what, what, what are you saying that um, we can't fix our own system and basically the whole discussion became a talk about this exact thing that you're talking about the incentive for the PO was not to do the right thing the incentive was to ship on you know ship this thing that has to do with whatever they're doing because they're thinking in a selfish manner they're thinking from their perspective and they're not thinking from what's holistically good for the company and this is the problem in IT your most departments and most people in IT they are only interested in doing what's right for them they do not want to do well, to to take the like to to risk this exactly thing this thing to get punished for not being able to deliver under all circumstances and this is where a tech lead, this is what a tech lead has to be able to do if you want to be good at the job you have to be able to stand up and say this is the thing that is the problem and it's unfortunate but we need to like uh, we didn't do this right from the beginning because at the end of the day guys you cannot be held responsible for the decisions of lesser developers or lesser people that came before you you can only com uh, communicate what is actually true and when you have done that then the PO and like their business people and like they're gonna have to make their own decision and their decision is more interesting I think because their decision is gonna be are we now gonna listen to the professional and do the right thing or are we going to try to force them to give us the answer that we want so what I want you to take away from this is that I believe that it is absolutely true that perversion or like incentives and the you know this whole it's the same, I mean it's the same thing in everything you think it's this it's it's the <laughs> this is the root of all evil within the governments and companies and middle management and so forth and it is simply that there is a state there's something has happened and then someone puts expectations on you and the only way you can do the thing that is expected of you is to cheat be corrupt write legacy code or cut corners and so forth because you're afraid that you are going to be in the hot seat because of whatever is already there and the true solution to this problem a true senior software developer a true tech lead and architect is the sort of person who has to be mature enough to just go and say um, I know that we can do things in a bad way, we can do it in this way, we can do it in, it in that way. You know, identify all the ways we can do this and then just say the tr tell the truth and say, but these are not good solutions. This is the root of the problem and we should address that. And then leave the decision to the business people. It's that simple. And I found this to be the most effective way 
uh, to work. It's actually the MVP pattern in essence. You simply take a step in the right direction. You just start by speaking the truth. And then if they don't want to fix the problems, then you hack it together because now somebody else has made the decision for you. But I've found this to be very effective and I do this, I basically do this on, like it's the boy scouting role. Whenever I take on a story and something is really, really bad, I don't, you know, I don't rewrite the whole system, but I fix the part that I'm working on, even if it takes longer. And then I wait until somebody has a complaint with my performance and then I simply explain, oh, I'm sorry. there are a lot of problems and I actually just fixed them uh, but I can of course uh, just cut some corners uh, and write bad code if that's what you prefer. Never really had anybody tell me to stop writing good code when I approach it that way. Have a great day.